This is Scott Pilgrim vs. The Minute 7. Welcome to the Scott Pilgrim vs. the Minute podcast, the show where we review and analyze the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World one glorious minute at a time. Joining me, that gossipy bitch, Dave Castile. <laughs> and as always, with the Catholic schoolgirl <laughs> uniform and everything, Sam Brown. I am here for you. <laughs> this week we pick up with the seventh minute starting at 6.01 to 7 based on wherever you are, but to line it up with us, we are... Uh, just at the beginning of the conversation with uh, Scott and Stacy on the phone. The first thing he does is deny it. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, this I don't is. I know a... why, but that just like, it's just, it, it's denial. Um, but he has to accept it immediately because I think we had, we had mentioned in the last minute about Wallace kind of being the conscience. Right. And I think, uh, I think Sam and you had said that. And I think you're dead on, but it's a, it's the, the good angel and bad angel on his shoulders. Right. And his sister is one of those angels, but you're not too sure which one's the good angel, which one's the bad angel, yes. you know, being, being the shoulder. Uh, well, does that make sense at all? Everyone's the good angel, except but, for, like, Scott. That's probably very true. Right. Scott <laughs> is, this is one of the things that I meant to say when we first introduced the show. Scott is a dick. Mm -hmm. Like, he yeah. is kind of an asshole. And the moment we're about to get is, as we get into it, is uh, Scott being human for once and recognizing what he's doing. So let's it, talk. It's an interesting <laughs> dialogue the two of them have because uh, he's, you could tell there's, it's twofold. He's dismissive because he's like, I'm, I don't like talking to my sister. She's trying to, you know, lecture me and I don't care. So I'm just trying to get through the conversation, but he's yet still answering the questions and in answering them, kind of realizing the situation. Yeah. She's 17. Yeah. No, we haven't done it. We haven't even held hands. Maybe we hugged once. You know, and, and I, I kind of like the simplicity of it. Right. Well, she she went on from there on kind of off the judgmental into the the honest caring. Like, are you are you moving on? I mean, that was a pretty right. caring question of, hey, you know, it's been a, a year since Voldemort or whatever. And right. she who must not be named. And uh, and she's know, tired of the shit, too. Yeah, She's tired and of Scott being depressed about this, and yeah, and, and I'm sure they all are. But it was a, it was a, you know, this is this is good if it's real, and it was a almost. I'm not too sure it's real. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She did kind of fall off the judgmental and more on the, yeah, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, is is this you know this is good if it's if it's healthy, um, and, you know, or it's healthy if it's real. And uh, though she's the younger it. sister by age, uh, in the film, she's clearly the older more, more responsible mature. sibling she's oh, yeah. she's yeah. at her job at this time looks like a coffee shop and uh you know clearly the one who's got the head on the shoulders as opposed to scott who's aloof the other side of this background that's you know in the book is uh stacy actually calls at 12 30 in the morning and scott's asleep okay. and she's like it's 12 30 you awake and he's like i've been awake for several hours several <laughs> um but it's it's the point that she's at work calling him right. and 
he's still in bed doing nothing like a loser. Right. Oh, so it's like twelve thirty. It, it. Oh, like in noon the time? afternoon. It, yeah. Noon time. Yeah, I was thinking like midnight, and she's. I'm like, wow, that's a really late for a coffee shop. Um, but I guess it's coffee, so they're still awake. But. So yeah, it had been a year since Scott was dumped by. Uh, she who will not be named as they list her, uh, and they Did show it, the. They, they didn't say who she was. Just they haven't named her yet. No. Okay. And uh, but then they show an ad for a. Um, a show that's coming up and you know there's the blonde on the ad who's you know referenced as the ex center uh, but I, I like the little um kind of like sticker on the side of it that said that uh, too. okay featuring the hit sing- <laughs> single singles you suck and stop calling me <laughs> so you're kind of referring to scott clearly and i had never noticed that before i mean i've only seen yeah. the movie a couple times but i actually watched through this minute a few times just taking notes and it was four or five times in that i actually finally picked that up that there was something on there Anything well, else in the, uh, the Stacy conversation? Uh, in in the back of that ad, um, you can see Todd Ingram, uh, one of the band members at Clash and Demonhead. Okay, and also the drummer. Yep. Yeah. Was there was there any was that planned foreshadowing with specifically the the three people on that at all? Oh, of course. Okay. I, I think so too. Um, but it makes no sense except on a on a rewatch. Well, it's it's intro of the characters. So when you see them again, you recognize immediately that this is Scott's ex. And you get like at least one more intro similar to that mm-hmm. later. So that'll come up. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that there were three. Well, there's and the uh, and the significance of that number in that picture going in later. Maybe. Okay, maybe I'm not... We're assuming everybody has watched this movie, right? So the fact that he is the third X and there are three people in the picture. Right. um, Well, that's, you know... I mean, everything... There's no foreshadowing in that. I was just reading way too deep into (laughs) that. But there are lots of signals like that, so don't Mm -hmm. don't stop that sort of uh, observation. Oh, no, it's Edgar Edgar Wright. I mean, everything in every scene is intentional. He's very deliberate in his setting in what is in the frame and yeah. uh it, it absolutely there's probably something to do with that no no wasted space it's all it's all Chekhov's gun if it's there it's there for a reason correct you know? correct uh anything it's else probably with this more than what you're seeing too right i'm hoping so yeah <laughs> I, that's why we would love the conversation is uh what did we miss i'm sure there's a bunch of stuff we missed in the minute what else uh in the stacy conversation before we move from when the scene shifts uh, I think that's what I got. Yeah, I didn't have anything else. The scene then shifts to Scott and Wallace standing outside of a school waiting for uh, Knives to get out. And we get a little bit of dialogue there, how much uh, Wallace hates being there. They're just standing there like perverts outside of a high school. <laughs> it's a little weird. Wait, why, why is Wallace there other than, hey, I got to go pick up my 17-year-old girlfriend. Do you want to go with me? show off his girlfriend. But why did Wallace say why why would Wallace like agree to that? Because he was obviously uncomfortable about being there. Right. I, I get why Scott may have asked him. Yeah. But why was he actually there? Why would he agree to get up, go stand in the snow outside of a school? Mm-hmm. And, I he, think... and he was like, it wasn't even like, oh, maybe I'll get to see some 17-year-old boys or something like that. It was because he said that. He's like, Yeah, you and I would like think twice about that. So why is Wallace there? Does does the book give us any clue is to well, there, oh he happened to be going that way anyway there's or... conversation leading up to when they get to the school in the mm-hmm. book 
but I think the reason is less the personality question of why would he agree to this and more the mechanical reason of introducing Wallace to knives. Right. And that's, that's the end of that interaction. So this was just a vehicle to, I think it's just to a make a, okay. And there have to, is, there has to be a reason it would just be out of sheer morbid curiosity that I got to see this. Girl yeah. That, I, that, I give you the curiosity. You know, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give her a meet and you know, we'll learn more in the next minute about, uh, how that meeting goes down. But, uh, Wallace asks about the dating, and uh, Scott uh, comments about how uh, she's only allowed to be out when the sun is, up. sun is up. So Scott really wouldn't call it dating. And that's kind of where the minute ends, right on that line, at least how we are timing it. Anything else from that scene? We got a little bit of the uh, the, the comic book wording for ring. sound effects with the, with the ring sound of the uh, school bell. Anything else? I didn't have any trivia for this scene. No, I didn't. Either. Other than what we already knew of Stacy. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this minute. Uh, Dave, how can they communicate with us? Uh, we are on the Twitter uh, at Scott versus the minute. Facebook also at Scott versus the minute. Um, and we are Scott versus the minute at gmail.com. Yep. Actually, so no, we are well bred. <laughs> Scott verse minute. minute. Yep. <laughs> yep. So Scott verse minute. You can find us everywhere. So uh, yeah. go ahead and comment and uh, let us know what you think. Sam, how can they find you and I elsewhere? Brian and I review obscure streaming movies. You can find us at streamingnonsense.com. And Dave and I are also on podcastderby.com. You can find us in our various shows there. Uh, so, all right. Well, check out moviesbyminutes.com uh, for other great films and uh, you know, subscribe to all of them and. Let us know what you think about Scott Pilgrim versus the Minute podcast as well. So that's going to do it for this episode, and we'll see you next time.